the immutable word of God. What a, what a title for a message, huh? The immutable word of God. First off, what does immutable mean? You know, I, didn't, I just found out what immutable means not too long ago. The dictionary says something that cannot be changed. God's word, his promises, his covenants to you cannot be changed. It doesn't matter what the doctor says when you go to the doctor and he gives you a bad report. We stand on God's report that by Jesus' stripes he is healed. You know, it was a couple of months ago, the Lord put a spotlight on his word that the Lord bore our infirmities. I want that to sink into you because the Lord Jesus, he bore, he took upon himself our infirmities, our sicknesses, our pains, our sorrows, every curse. Jesus took it upon himself. Why are we carrying it? Why are we carrying it, saints? It doesn't belong to us. It doesn't belong to me. Yeah, we, we all go through things. Doesn't, don't, it doesn't mean that because we're born again, we're not going to suffer any sorrows. No, it doesn't mean that. But we don't have to keep it. We don't have, you know, when the doctor says you have cancer, I hear a lot of people say, I have cancer. Well, then you're taking ownership of it. You're taking possession. I have headaches. I have migraines. Hey, the devil loves to hear that because that's your faith in action. Yeah, that's it. You're putting faith to action whether you believe it or not. You're saying, I have headaches. I have, I have migraines. So the Lord says, hey, the devil says, okay, well, you want it? You can have it. We don't have to receive it because Jesus bore our infirmities. He nailed them on the cross and he set us free. We have to declare, saints, God's word in our life. God's promises for you are immutable. It doesn't change. <clears throat> His word cannot be changed and it's something that will never change. Over the generations, from the beginning to the end, God declared His word. He knows the end from the beginning. And everything in between, He knows. He's already prepared for it. He's, he's, he's given each and every one of us the strength. You see, saints, in, in the beginning, we're in a better position right now because the saints of old, before the Old Testament, they didn't have the Holy Spirit dwelling in them. We have the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. The Holy Spirit in us gives us the ability to say no to sin. We can walk a righteous walk with God because we follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's one of God's promises to us that cannot be changed. It cannot be removed. It cannot be changed. God keeps his word and he keeps it to the very end. If you can turn to the book of Numbers, we got that on the screen. Numbers 23 verse 19 through 20. <clears throat> God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said, and will he not do? Or has he spoken, and will he not make it good? Behold, 
I have received a command to bless. He has blessed, and I cannot reverse it. You see, saints, this is a, a scripture in the Old Testament where Balaam, the prophet, the king of, of, I forget what country it was, he wanted him to curse Israel. And God commanded the prophet uh, Balaam to declare a blessing. It didn't matter how much the king threatened him, how he tried to bribe him, how he tried whatever he could do. He couldn't reverse what God said. Man cannot reverse God's promises to you. It's so important, saints, and especially in these days that we live in. Because many of the body of Christ is going through struggle. They're going through fear. They're going through things that we don't have to when we have the Word of God, the living Word of God, as our resource, as our hope, as our promise. God made each one of us promises. He made them to us, but the devil is not going to tell you. He's not going to tell you God's promises for you. He wants to keep them away from you. Because when you walk in God's promises, you walk in God's power and authority. God's come to heal and strengthen you. That's why he's brought us together today. In these last days that we're coming in, saints, I hear many prophets saying that there's going to be revival. How many of you heard revivals breaking forth? Revivals breaking forth not only in the, in the United States, but in the world, revival is breaking forth. And what is God doing? He's bringing people to Christ, to salvation. But he needs people that are uh, mature adults in the things of God to, 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 to comfort them, to strengthen them, to witness them, to build them up. That's what we're here for. Apostle Michael just said that, that we can prophesy. We can prophesy all can prophesy, but not all called to be prophets. Each one of you here has the spirit of prophecy dwelling in you. God gave it to you, and he doesn't take it back. God's word is infallible. Biblically, infallibility is the belief that the Bible is completely trustworthy as a guide to salvation and life of faith and will not fail to accomplish its purpose. Are you getting hold of this? God's word will not fail you. We have to, each one of us, we have to declare God's word. We have to get it in us. How important it is for us to read the word and then speak the word in our lives. When the enemy comes against you, you have to use, thus saith the Lord. The enemy doesn't care what you say, how you think, but he hears God's voice and he flees. At the name of Jesus, demons flee. If you don't know how to pray, how to pray effectively, just say, Jesus, help me. I'm going to share a little story with you. My wife when we were young in the things of God, and she was asleep. And there was a spirit that, that almost tried to suffocate her. And she tried calling out my name, but she couldn't, she couldn't speak my name. She couldn't touch me, shake me, or nothing. She was, she was being suffocated. 
And the Lord, all she did was in her mind, saints, this is how powerful the name of Jesus is. In her mind, she said, Jesus. She didn't speak it forth. I didn't hear her. She didn't speak it audibly. But in her mind, she said, Jesus. And that demon fled. That's the power and authority we have in Christ Jesus. Many of you suffer oppression, depressions, fear, anxiety. In the name of Jesus, I command every spirit of oppression and fear to go now. This is the authority God's given us, each and every one of you. We have to start stirring that up and exercising that. God's word doesn't come back empty or void. <clears throat> it says his word does not fail. Can you imagine that? I could say all kinds of promises to you. I can say this, that, and the other thing, but it doesn't mean it's going to stand. Situations come in my life. Amen? Something happens and I, and I can't do it. But God's word never fails. It might take time, saints. We see in the, in the Bible with Abraham, God promised Sarah and Abraham a son. It took 30 years before Isaac came forth. But you know what? Abraham did not lose hold of that promise. You see, sometimes, saints, when you're standing on God's promises... You have to stand for it. you got to fight for it. You can't waver. You can't falter. you got to stand and believe that what God says he can do. In Malachi chapter 3, verse 6 and 7. Can you turn there to Malachi chapter 3, 6 and 7? I'm not asking for the tithes yet. I'll ask you for them later. But I like your style. You're anxious to give to God. In Malachi chapter 3, verse 6 and 7, it says, For I am the Lord, I do not change. Therefore, you're not consumed, O sons of Jacob. Why did he say, O sons of Jacob? You know, Jacob, he was, he was a thief. He stole his brother Esau's birthright. Esau was hungry, and he cooked up these lentils, and he was starving, and Instead of saying, here, take them, he connived them. He says, I'll give you these, but you're going to give me your birthright. And then when, when, I, when uh, Isaac was ready to die and hand the, the blessing down, Isaac got all dressed up with fuzz and fur, and you know, he smelled like his brother Esau. And he stole the promises, the blessings of God upon the firstborn. And that's why he says, O sons of Jacob, he says, therefore, you're not consumed, O sons of Jacob. Yet from the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinances. What is God saying? We've, we've gone away. We've, we've turned aside. You know God's, God's ordinances, his laws, his precepts, statutes. You know why they're there in the Bible? It's they're, they're there to keep you on the straight path with God. It's, they're there so that you do not sin. You don't chase other gods. Today, there's many kinds of gods. Everywhere you turn on every street corner, there's somebody preaching another god. They're false gods. 
And God tells you, he, he, he instructs you. He wants you to prosper. He wants you to stay on, on his path because he loves you. He knows he's a jealous God. And he knows that if you follow something else, it's going to take his love away from him. The love that he has for you, you're going to turn away and serve something else. That's why money, money is the root of all evil. People love money more than God. You see, they love it. And so this is why God gives us his laws, his statutes, his ordinances, and precepts. Precepts are the ways to go. God counsels us. He's a, our, our wonderful counselor, the mighty God. He wants us to succeed. He wants every one of you to prosper. Amen? Amen. You have gone away from my ordinances, and I have not kept them. God wants obedience. He desires obedience. He wants your heart. He wants your heart, saints. He wants all of you. He doesn't want part of you. He wants every bit of you. Amen? He says, you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. He says, return to me and I will return to you. You see the enemy? Oh man, this is where he really gets a lot of the body of Christ. Because when we stumble and we think, God can't use me. I let God down. I said I would serve him and I fell. And I went astray. God doesn't look that when you come to him and repent, he brings you back in and he restores you back to full status as a child of God. We see this example in the prodigal son. Where the prodigal son, he wanted his inheritance, his part. So the father, he gave him the son's inheritance. And we know that he spoiled it. He, he just spent it on foolish things. Gambling, drinking, women... Just crazy things. He, he spent it all. He spent his livelihood. He spent his inheritance. And then when it all ran away, all ran out, it says that the, that the world didn't, didn't help him. And he knew in his father's house that the servants were treated better. So he said, I'm gonna, he says in his heart, I'm going to return back to my father. Amen. And what does the Bible say? He says that the father was looking. You see, God the Father, he's always looking for that one that walked away, that went astray. He's always looking. He knows, the, the Word of God says that Jesus said, Behold, I have, I have them that you gave me in my hand, and I have not lost one. You see, God keeps his promise. He says to train up a child in the ways that he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart. You see, he might go astray, but he'll always come back. God keeps his promise. You know why he says this to you? So you could be at ease. So you could be at peace. One of the scriptures I love in Acts 16.31 is to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you and your household will be saved. You see, we see our sons and our daughters and it's a crazy world. 
It's a crazy world. But it's okay to remind God, Lord, you said, you promised me. You promised me that if I believed and I trusted in you, that my, my, my family would be saved. And Lord, I don't go by what I see. I don't go by what I hear or what they're doing. But Lord, you said, and you keep your promises. God's not a man. We just read where God's not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. You see, when God says he's going to do something, he's going to do it. We may not see it, but God said he'll do it. And this is the, the assurance that we have. This is the hope that we have. That what God said he will do, he will do. He says, and I will return to you. He brings you back in the, in, right there where you left off. He doesn't bring your past up. He takes you right there and he says, let's go. Let's walk. He doesn't bring it to you. Turn to Psalms 3527. The infallible root word of God. Let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause. And let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. You see that, saints? God takes pleasure in the prosperity of his children, of his servants. But there's qualifications, saints, and it's obedience. It's giving God our heart. Amen? He rejoices in that. And it, it, he, re, he just rejoices and he wants to bless you more and more because your obedience to him, your love for him, and the righteous cause that he has. And what is it? Souls for the kingdom. There you go. That's why God's brought you here, to bring souls in the kingdom. It doesn't matter how old we are or how young we are. There's a, there's a soul that needs to be brought into the kingdom of God. And God will fill your mouth. That's why he says, don't worry about what you're going to say. Don't worry about what you're going to say because in that time, I'll fill it. This is God's promise of assurance. And he won't, he won't renege on it. Amen? This is a short message and now I understand why. Because of everything that went on. <laughs> Besides, again, you didn't come to hear a man. You came to hear the Lord, and you came to see him in action. Amen? Can you, can you honestly say, how many churches do you go to? And you see what happened in the beginning. I'm still blown away, amen? I thought I was going to cruise through this message and pray for everybody, and then we're going out, you know? But God has another plan because he loves you. He's come to encourage you, saints. In Hebrews 6, 13 through 19, it says, For when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself. There's no other name greater than, than, than Jesus. He could swear by nobody else. So he swore by himself saying, surely blessing, I will bless you. 
and multiplying, I will multiply you. This is God's covenant to us today as God's spiritual children. As God's spiritual children, we have the blessing of prosperity and abundance. And we're walking around moping and crying and complaining of our lack or we're walking in fear. God says, he's, the Bible says that he's rich. He owns all the silver and all the gold. All that gold in Fort Knox, it's his. Amen? It's all his. They can keep it in the safe, but they're going to have to let it go someday. And I'm sewing bigger pockets in my pocket, my pants, so I can carry more. It's all for the kingdom of God's saints. That's what it's for. When we see in the Bible when God delivered Israel from Egypt, they were poor people, oppressed, depressed, fear, beaten, put down, weak, because they lacked food. And the Lord says, ask them to give you the money. So when God delivered Israel from Egypt, the Bible says that they were rich. Can you think about that? That they were rich. They had all the riches of Egypt. They had all the fine clothes of Egypt. They asked for their clothes. They were no more wearing rags. They wore the finest threads. Gold and silver. And Moses led them out into the wilderness. But what good is that in the wilderness? What good is having all the fine clothes, all the silver and gold, and you, and you have it in the wilderness. What is it for? It was for to build the kingdom of God, the tabernacle. The tabernacle dwells in you. God, the Holy Spirit, dwells in you and each and every one of you. That's why each and every one of you are important for the body of Christ. Every one of us have something to give to the church to give for the body of Christ. You see, not all of us can prophesy. Amen? But we can do something else to build the body of Christ. And that's what God brought you here for. Some of you can do things I can't even think of doing. But that's the talent God gave each and every one of you. We're all important. We're building a, a temple unto the Lord. <clears throat> and so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. Abraham patiently endured the promise God made him. He told him that Sarah was going to bear a child. And they were old. They were old in age. It ain't going to happen. It can't happen, but it did. And Abraham held on to that promise. He held on to it with all his heart. And he wouldn't let it go. He didn't curse it. He didn't say, ah, this ain't going to happen. Because he knew who's, who his faith was in. It's faith within a God that nothing is impossible. And it was 30 years later that Sarai born Isaac, or, yeah, Isaac, their son. You see, sometimes it takes time, saints. But God 
has his timing. We want everything now. Amen? We want it now. I want to see this nation saved. I want to see this nation return to righteousness. But we're going through stuff. Amen? We're going through stuff. But, I, but the Lord says he's going to restore righteousness back in this nation. I believe it. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. My God is Jesus Christ. For men indeed swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is for them an end of all dispute. Thus God determining to show more abundantly to the heirs of promise, that's each one of us, the immutability of his counsel confirmed it by an oath. God showed us that his word, he doesn't take back his promises. He doesn't take back his word. What he said he's going to do for you, he's going to do. When he gives you a gift, a position in the body of Christ, and we, we, we walk away, we stumble. Amen? He doesn't say, well, you don't deserve it. He, when we come back, he restores us back in that right place. Years ago, and this is years ago, when I first started coming to Genesis, Sister Rita was ministering still. And I kept hearing every, and I'm a new born-again believer. I just, I just got out of Catholic Catholicism. You know, I just received the Lord. And they're telling me that I'm going to be ministering. I'm going to be preaching. I'm going to be wearing a tie and a suit. And I said, uh-uh, not me. Not me. I ain't going to do it. I ain't going to do it. And I ran. Man, this big boy ran. I ran for five years. And after I got done running, the Lord said, you done? <laughs> Look at me. Hallelujah. Look at me. I give God the glory. I give God the glory. You can run. You can run up the hill, down the hill, into the deepest part of the ocean, and then he's there. Are you done yet? <laughs> oh, my gosh. God is good. I did wear the suits there for a while, but now we're just kind of like, you know, they kind of choke. But God kept his promise. He kept his word. It didn't, you know, he told my wife that, that I was going to minister. I said, well, you, I'm not going to minister, and you can't tell me. And I told the Lord, I ain't going to go up there unless you do it, unless you tell me. I'm not going to do it. And then after five years later, I got the call. Do you want to you minister? Yeah, I didn't know what I was getting into. Yeah, I'll do it. And then I was told I was going to be ministering on Friday. <clears throat> but the Lord is faithful, saints. He keeps his promise. He keeps his promise to us. Amen? He says, don't worry about what you're going to say. Because in that time, he's going to fill your mouth. And he keeps it. If he can do that for me, he can do that for each one of us. It doesn't matter our age. I like that where he says, more abundantly to the heirs of promise. That's us. The immutability of his counsel. God is always counseling us. He counsels us through his word. 
That's why I share with you, it's very important to get the word of God in you. Don't worry about, I, can't, I don't understand. I've read it and I read it and I don't understand. That's where I started. I read it and read it and then the Holy Spirit starts bringing it to light. I'm still learning. We're all learning. But it's the Holy Spirit that gets the glory. And that's why I share with you, it's very important, saints, to get the word in you. It's our weapon of warfare. He, God gives us the, the strategies to defeat the enemy. He made, me, he made us promises that we will prosper. And I'm going to get into that in the tithes. That we will prosper. He made, him, I mean, he made an oath. And it says that, that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie. God cannot lie. If he lied, then he's not God. He's a man. But he's not. He's almighty God. And you can hang on your, your, your hat on that. You can hang your life on that. That God is faithful to his promises, his word. It's impossible for God to lie that we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. What is the hope set before us? It's salvation. It's to be with the Lord forever. That's really what our hope is. When I received Jesus as my Lord, my wife asked me, she goes, Fred, when you die, do you want to go to heaven or do you want to go to hell? What kind of a question is that? <laughs> and the Lord put her to sleep. And all night long, I was flipping and flopping like a fish in my bed. Flipping and flopping, saying, I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven. I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven. I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven. And when I woke up, I said, we're going to church. I took authority, you know, the, the priesthood of the family. I, took, I said, we're going to church. I don't even know what the message was. When it was time for salvation, to receive Jesus, they said, and who, who wants to receive Christ? I was up there. I was the only one up there. He goes, what do you want? What do you want? I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to go to hell. That's my hope, saints. That's your hope. That we won't die here in hell, but we will be with the Lord forever and ever. That's God's promise. That's God's guarantee. It's immutable. He will not take it back. You can count on it. I don't blame you. Do what's right in the God's eyes, saints. So God, Lord Jesus, is our refuge. He's our, he's our place. He's our safe place. Amen? Who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. This hope we have as an anchor for the soul. I love that scripture, that verse. This hope that we have is an anchor for our soul. When a ship is out in the storm in the, in the, in the ocean... And they're being tossed and thrown about. Waves are coming over the bow of the ship. And then it goes into its port. It goes into its port and it drops anchor. It can't be moved. When you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you, you left the storms of this world, the plagues, all the torment, the oppression, the fear, the stress, the lack of finances. 
and you set refuge into his port, into his kingdom. His word is like an anchor for our soul. We can count on it. We can't be moved unless you allow it. I love that. He's a, it's an anchor for our soul. <clears throat> so he's an anchor for the soul, both sure and steadfast. Amen. He says sure. In other words, you don't have to doubt anymore. And steadfast, he will do it. We're almost done, saints. And Jeremiah 29, verse 10 through 14. It says, <clears throat> hold on, I got all that worship got me. And Jeremiah 29, 10 through 14. For thus says the Lord. I like when he says, thus says the Lord. That means it's it's true. That means it's not gonna change. What he said is sure. For thus says the Lord, after 70 years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you and cause you to return to this place. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. This is God's promise to you. To give you a future. To be with the Lord forever. Hallelujah. That's our hope. That's what we set our anchor to. To be with the Lord forever. To give us a future and a hope. You see, a hope is something that, that I don't have already. You see that? I, don't, I, I take it by faith. And I declare it by faith. But I haven't seen it yet. But my hope is to be with the Lord forever. You see? That's our hope. That's what we, we cling to. That's our anchor. We stay fast on that. <clears throat> and then he goes, And then you will call upon me, and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You know when we're in sin... God doesn't hear the prayers of the sinners. You don't hear them. You can read it in Psalms. He won't hear them. But when you come to the Lord, he hears his children call upon his name. His ears are attentive to your cries, to your needs, to your hurts, to your struggles, your sorrow. His ears are attentive to hear the good things that happened. Amen. He loves to take part of you. This is what God calls. He wants family. He wants family. He wants intimacy with his children. That's why he called you. To be his sons and daughters. And as sons and daughters, we're obedient to our father. Amen. When we were younger, we had to obey our father. Our, our, our earthly fathers. But now we have a heavenly father who wants us to be with him forever. But he still has things here to say. We need to put away the childish things. Those sins that easily beset us. Those things that draw us away from God. We need to put them away. 
and draw back to the Father. You know when he says, I, I had, I had uh, Facebook. One time, I'm going to be honest with you and truthful. I had Facebook and I got rid of it because there was pornography on it. And the enemy was trying to draw me, to snare me in. Psalms 91, 90, 91 verse 3, it says, For he has delivered you. You see, I took it personally. He has delivered me. Who? God. He delivered me from the snare. What is a snare? Those things that try to draw you into the net, that try to draw you into the trap. He has delivered me from the snare of the fowler and perilous pestilence. Perilous pestilence, COVID. People are afraid. They're still wearing masks, you know. They're still wearing masks outside, in the cars, by themselves. <laughs> Probably in bed <laughs> at night. But God delivered me. I cut it out. I got rid of it. The Lord says, if your right eye causes you to sin, what? Pluck it out. Spiritually, I had to cut it off. If your right hand causes you to sin, what? Cut it off. Stop practicing it. I got rid of it. He's doing a work in me. He's doing a work in you. You see, but God keeps his promise. He delivered me. I don't, I don't, I don't look for it. He delivered me. He'll keep his promise to you. And when you search for me with all your heart, you see, God wants our hearts. He wants our hearts. That's what, he's, that's what he wants. He doesn't want your money. He doesn't want your good works. Yeah, we need it to promote the gospel, amen? But he wants you. He wants all of me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. And I will bring you back from your captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places where I have driven you, says the Lord. And I will bring you to the place from which I caused you to be carried away captive. God brings you back. He did that to the nation of Israel. They were serving other gods, worshiping other gods. Amen. And he warned them and he warned them and he sent them to Babylon. And then he said, after 70 years, I will bring them back from captivity. What happened? After 70 years, he kept them back. He brought them back to him. You see, God doesn't forget. He doesn't forget his promises that he made to each one of you. Amen? I'm going to just close with this verse here in Isaiah 55:11. I didn't give it to them to write up, to bring up. But in Isaiah 55, 11, so shall my word be, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the way that it goes. Amen? That's God's promise to you. Amen? Amen? Did you like that? Yes. 
Did it it encourage you? You see, a lot of us are afraid. I I, I don't want to say that. I, I put that under the blood. But because the way the world's going, the economy, that the spirit of fear comes upon people. Lack. We're going to get ready to take up the tithe. But see, this is the, what, this is the work of the enemy. This world is in a famine. In, in, in Genesis chapter 26, verse 12, it says that Isaac sowed in the midst of a famine. Isaac sowed in the midst of a famine. What's the famine today? Inflation. Inflation. Gas is soaring. To buy a car, you got to spend what eighty, ninety thousand, a hundred thousand for a car. Crazy. Groceries are going up. The enemy is is, is stealing. Those of you, those of us that are retired, he's attacking your retirement. He even hits Social Security. Amen. The little that you make on your job, the enemy's stealing it. He's taking it. But we have a promise from God. We have a promise from God where he says to bring in Malachi 3, 10 through 12, bring all the tithes into my storehouse. You see, saints, we have to be obedient. Obedience is more than sacrifice. God loves you. He says, bring all the tithe into my storehouse. Where are you being fed? If you're being fed here at Genesis, this is your storehouse. If it's another church, that's your storehouse. He said, bring all the tithe into my storehouse and prove me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven. You see, saints, we can't claim that promise if you're not giving to God because God wants obedience. He wants your heart. He wants my heart. Amen? He says, bring the tithes into my storehouse that there may be meat in my house. And prove me now in this. This is where God says, try me, test me, see if I, if I keep my promise. Amen? Amen? See if I keep my promise. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out such blessing that there will not be room enough to contain it all. The children of Israel, when they were delivered from Egypt, they had gold, silver, nice clothes, nice shoes. Amen? They came out rich. But it didn't do no no good in the wilderness. We're going through a wilderness. But when you give to God, you can call upon Him to open the windows of heaven and pour out His blessings upon you. You can call out to God. You can ask Him. You can ask, Lord, I need this. I need that. He hears. He hears His children. And believe God will do it. Because you're, doing, you're being obedient with God. We're lining up our lives with God. He says, and I will rebuke the devourer for you. Say, he fights for you. That's not your job to fight. You say, Lord, remember I did this and this. You know, Lord, remember? And your word says this and this. And he fights for you. So that your vine shall not fail to bear fruit. Nor the field fair to bear fruit in the ground. God is saying that he's going to bless you abundantly. He's going to bless you so abundantly that when you have so much, you're able to give. 
you're able to, to, to take care of your needs, your family needs, but it's also you have enough, more than enough, to give to the work of God, Amen. the ministry. Amen. You see, when you sow your seed, saint, you're sowing it in good ground, in God's kingdom ground. You know, the Lord showed me <clears throat> a while ago about seed. You know, there's, there's a, one seed, well, remember when we read about Isaac, that he sowed in a famine? And it says that he, he received a hundredfold that same year. You see, Isaac took a step of faith. He believed God who he is. He sowed seed into that, into that ground, and he received a hundredfold. Some, some seed produces that same year. When you, pl when you grow vegetables, some, some vegetables take, what, three, three months, four months, and, you, and you're already picking the harvest. But some seed, it takes time. I have a, a neighbor, an avocado tree, and they say five years. I'm waiting on six years, seven years, and I haven't received any fruit yet. But you know what? My fruit is in heaven. You see, it's something that I don't receive now, but it's being laid up in heaven for me. See, some seed you, restore, you receive right away. But some seed you're being, you're being stored up in heaven for you. God is mindful. And you know God is faithful. He doesn't ask you to give. I know it might be long, but, but, but we need to hear this, saints. God made a way for everybody to receive the, the bountifulness of God, the provision of God. There's, there was people that were very rich and they could give a, a bull, sacrifice a bull. Then there were some that maybe middle class. Maybe they didn't have the money as a rich man, but they could buy a lamb and they sacrificed that to God. They gave it to God. Then there's some, the poor, that they didn't have much, but they could buy a dove, a pigeon, and they sacrificed that to God. But God says that they still, they still partake of the same bountifulness of God. And that's the way we are right now. When we give, we give to God for the kingdom of God. And when you sow in his kingdom, expect God to bless you. On your envelopes, you have your envelopes. In the back there, it says you can write your requests to God. And I would say that when you sow your seed and you expect God to, to meet your need, put it down. When you receive your blessing, when you receive your, 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 your harvest, write it down to encourage us. To encourage us, the faithfulness God is. He keeps his promise to you. And then when you receive your bounty, your, your, your harvest, plant more into God's kingdom so you can receive a greater harvest. And then when you receive that greater harvest, you can give more to God. Amen? And then God can pour back more for you. And you enter into God's cycle of prosperity. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So raise up your tithes. Raise them up high. Father, we just give you praise and glory. We thank you, Lord, that your word is true and it's amen. 
that it accomplished what it set forth to do. Lord, I ask in Jesus' mighty name that you would bless those that are giving to you tonight, Father. I ask, Lord, that you would meet, bless them in their deepest need. I ask, Father, that, that they would receive from you before they even ask, Lord. You know their heart. You know what they need. I'm praying for peace in their lives. I pray for peace in their house, in their marriages. I pray for health upon their bodies and restoration, Lord. Lord, I ask that whatever they set their hands to, Father God, would be blessed. And that, and Lord, that they would seek your face with all their heart. I ask you to bless them, for it's your delight to bless your children. And all of God's people said, Amen, amen and Amen.